Do you know that from your position you can change the situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. a series um, receiving divine guidance praise the Lord and um, I want us to go straight in where did we stop who can remind me hallelujah we stopped um, where Number what? Number 18. All right. Number 18. Praise the Lord. All right. Um. We began to look at guidance through the still small voice, right? That's the voice of our spirit, our conscience. And then um, we saw that God guides us through our conscience. Amen? He will lead us through the still small voice. And then um, I want to start from verse, I mean, um, number 17. Point number 17, it is our personal responsibility to keep a pure and a good conscience before God and men, right? All right, okay. And then last week, we began to look at how to keep a good and a pure conscience before God. Amen? And before we go into that, I want you to know the importance Amen. The importance of keeping a good and a pure conscience before God. Amen. Um, Without keeping a good and a pure conscience before God, we make a shipwreck of our faith. And then uh, we also are deceived. We are deceived into following a lie and following that which is not true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to learn to um, feed our spirit with the word of God so much that we walk in the light of the truth of God's word. Amen? Um, Maintaining a good conscience. The first point I gave you um, was renouncing dishonesty and craftiness, right? Good. That means we have to renounce whatever it is that is called dishonesty. Whatever is dishonest must not be found with us and around us. Amen? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. The Bible says, But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, 
but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Amen? It's our responsibility to uh, maintain a good conscience before God. Hallelujah. Amen? Renouncing dishonest things, things that are not sincere, things that are not straightforward, crooked things, we renounce them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The second point here is that we have to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. That means we have to learn to speak the truth in love. I said it last week that peradventure you, you found yourself in a situation where you mistakenly told a lie, it's our responsibility to go back and make it right. Hallelujah. That's how to maintain a tender conscience. That's how to maintain a tender conscience. It's our responsibility to go back and then make it right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Because you see, if you don't do that, you don't repent immediately and then make it right, over time, you are going to sear your conscience. It's going to be seared with a hot iron. It's going to be hard and insensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so we have to repent as fast as possible and make it right. Glory to God. Speaking the truth, speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils. How? Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now he says, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. They shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. How? Speaking lies in hypocrisy. You see, when you speak lies in hypocrisy, you give heed to seducing spirits. Hallelujah. Amen. That means that person will be prone to deceit. That person will be prone to um, crookedness. Glory to God. Amen. So whatever it is that is not straight in our hearts, in our lives, we have to straighten them up. Amen. For the sake of a good conscience. For the sake of a good conscience, we straighten them up and straighten them out so that we can always receive divine guidance through the voice of our spirit. That's our conscience. Glory to God. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Lie not one to another. Praise the Lord. Do not lie one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. How many of us have put off the old man with his deeds here? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. With those hands, shout hallelujah. Now, he says, lie not one to another. You see, you owe it to your brother, you owe it to your sister, not to lie to him or her, as the case may be. We have put off the old man with his deeds. Hallelujah. Say with your mouth, if you are a Christian here, say, I have put off the old man with his deeds. One of the deeds of the old man is lying. Let's all say lying. 
not telling the truth. Hypocrisy, acting. You know, the word hypocrite, the root word for it is an actor. Hallelujah. Someone who acts out something that is not real. Something that he is not. Or somebody that he is not. Glory to God. That's hypocrisy. Lying. He says, lie not one to another, saying that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man. Say with your mouth, I have put on the new man. One more time, say, I have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So you see, we have put on the new man, and we do not need to lie one to another. We have to tell the truth all the time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now, note very carefully also this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. It says, Wherefore putting away what? Lying. Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Praise God. You see, we put off line. He says, wherefore, putting off line. The same way you put off your clothes, you can put off line. Glory to God. See that? You can. If you want to. Say, I want to. Uh-huh. The desire is there. You know? And then you can put it off once and for all. Glory to God. Um, one of the ways I learned to put off line um, as a young believer... I, I said to myself, Lord, I said to myself before the Lord, I said, Lord, I will never lie anymore. Peradventure, I make a mistake, I will go and tell the truth, irrespective of the reproach or shame or whatever. I don't care my reputation, I'm going to speak the truth in love. Glory to God. And since that time, since that day, I have been speaking the truth. Amen. I had to put off that line once and for all. Can someone say amen to that? You can put it off once and for all. You can tell the truth. Because for every lie you tell, you are hardening your conscience. You're becoming insensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit within your spirit. All right? We have to... Repent as fast as possible. Tell the truth in love. Renounce dishonest things. Craftiness. Praise God. Amen. And walk in the light of the truth of God's word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Now the third way you can actually keep a good and a pure conscience is what is known as godly exercise. Let's all say godly exercise. One more time, say godly exercise. What does it mean? It simply means practicing the word of God. Practicing God's word. In other words, exercising yourself in the word of God. That's godly exercise. Practicing God's word. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says to refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. He says, why? For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having 
promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Praise God. You see, godliness is profitable unto all. Unto all things. That means we can exercise ourselves in the word of God. Every time you do the word, you practice God's word, you're exercising yourself in godliness. Godliness simply means God-likeness. It means to act like God, to think like God, to talk like God. That's what it means. Godliness, God-likeness. Praise God. See that? We can develop it. We have the potential in our born-again spirit, and we can exercise that potential and develop the character of godliness. How? By practicing the word of God. In James chapter 1 and verse 22, the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, so you don't deceive your own selves. Praise God. Be ye doers. Let's all say doers. Say it again. Say doers. That means God wants us to be word practitioners. He wants us to practice. Alright? If you want to build your house, you don't give it to um, an architect who has retired, who is no longer in practice. Somehow, he's lost touch with the current practice, the best practice or practices in that field of endeavor. Hallelujah. So you have to go to the person who is practicing. You don't visit with a medical doctor who left practice some 10, 20 years ago to come and treat you. No. You have to go to someone, the medical doctor who is in practice, who is practicing, who is conversant and current with the recent practice in his field. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Um, you don't buy a footballer based on his um, former past form. All right? You buy a footballer based on his current form. Praise God. You don't say, well, he used to score goals, so let's, let's put 38 million pounds on him. No. Is he scoring now? Praise God. The Bible says to be doers of the word and not hearers only. To be doers of the word and not hearers only. We practice God's word consistently and by so doing, we exercise ourselves unto godliness. And as we exercise ourselves unto godliness, we increase in godliness. The godly character on the inside of us increases. Glory to God. See that? So we can do it. Amen? You see, if you don't practice in the word of God, you'll be deceiving yourself. Because people will attribute a lot of things to you that you are not. And then when they expect you to perform... To deliver and you don't deliver and you will be disappointed and they will be disappointed too praise god you see so it's self-delusion not to practice the word of god hallelujah i said hallelujah amen so as we practice god's word consistently we are exercising ourselves in godliness and as we exercise ourselves in godliness we are growing in the faith and as we grow in the faith, we are becoming stronger on the inside. Our conscience becomes more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then we can be guided through our conscience by the inner witness. Amen. I said amen. amen. Hallelujah.
I said hallelujah. Now point number 19. We looked at 18, right? Can you, can you read it out for me? Point number 18, please. Can you read it out? Yeah, the centrality and import of Christianity is what? Love from a pure heart and from a good conscience and from faith unfeigned, without which the believer makes a shipwreck of his or her faith. Amen? You will not make a shipwreck of your faith in Jesus' name. Amen? If you believe that, say bigger amen. Now, um, how do you recognize someone who has made a shipwreck of his faith? Hallelujah. How do you recognize someone who has made a shipwreck of his faith? Amen? Look at what the word of God says. Titus 1 and verse 15. Unto the pure, all things are what? Pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Alright, now this is how you know that someone has made a shipwreck of his faith. The person professes something, and then he does another. That means he's a hypocrite. He's gotten to a point in his life that whatever he says does not count anymore. He knows that he's going to do the exact opposite of it. Hallelujah. That's a terrible state. That's a terrible state. Such a person have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. There is the form of godliness, but the power is not there anymore. The power isn't there anymore. That's a terrible state. Praise God. They are ever learning, but not being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they are full of knowledge, but no fruit. That means they know so much, but no fruit in their lives. That's a terrible state. Amen. I said, amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, and the Bible mentioned a couple of names here, you know, uh, of people who had made a shipwreck of their faith. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. If you start the reading from verse 18 down to 20, it says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might as war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. See that? They had been given over unto Satan. Lord have mercy. Amen. And... Um, for the destruction of their flesh, of course. That they may learn not to blaspheme. See? People like that are blasphemous and they do not honor God and the things of God. They tell you how they began well and they tell you how terrible the days are presently. 
they tell you those good old days. Alright? We should have better days. Are you listening to me? In our walk with God, we should have better days. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day. Reprobates, those who have made shipwreck of their faith, they have worse days and every day becomes worse. They keep talking about those good old days when they prayed and fire came down. When they touched the sick and instantly the sick was made whole. Amen. They keep praying prayers like this. Will thou not revive us again? Alright? They always need revival again and again and again. Because they have not learned to stay revived. Praise God. See that? We see not our signs anymore. Lord, give us our signs. Alright? They keep looking for their signs. But for those who are walking in the light of God's word, they know these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, Jesus said, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpent. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you see, one way not to make a shipwreck of your faith is to do what is known as spiritual self-examination. Spiritual self-examination. The Bible says to examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. You see that? The Bible says to judge ourselves so that we will not be judged. Spiritual self-examination. Spiritual self-evaluation. Spiritual self-appraisal. How am I faring? How did I start? Where, I, where am I at at this moment? Where am I going? What is it that is missing in my life? What do I have to do? Am I still very sensitive to the Spirit of God the way I used to? If no, what could have been responsible for my insensitivity? Hallelujah. You see that? You don't wait until God begins to judge you before you judge yourself. If you would judge yourself, you will not be judged. You are going to examine yourself. Ask yourself some very, very frank questions, heart-searching questions, and then you have to deal with yourself with the Word of God. You take God's Word and then you judge yourself. If you are found wanting, you need a retreat, an urgent one. A quiet time, usual, regular, quiet time wouldn't do. Amen? So you get into retreating. You retreat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. How many of us got that? Praise God. Amen. All right. Now let's move to the next point here. Point number 19. So we're starting afresh now. At least um, today's Bible study. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your conscience will condemn you when you do wrong. 
But the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. Don't forget that. Your conscience will tell you, no, that's not right. But the Holy Spirit will not condemn you. It will tell you, yes, that's not right, but it will not make you feel bad. Condemnation is um, the feeling of not worthy. The feeling of not good enough. The feeling of I have been written off. The feeling of I do not measure up to God's standard. Hallelujah. That feeling is terrible. But to be corrected and rebuked, it's all right. But to feel unworthy and not good enough, to feel that you do not measure up up to God's standard, that feeling is not good. You see, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, you see that, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, see that, and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God, and whatsoever we ask we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave unto us commandment. Hallelujah. Now note what it says here. In verse 20. Can we read verse 20 together? One, two, three, let's go. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Amen. Verse 21, let's read together. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. See that? If our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. Hallelujah. Now, you see, when your heart condemns you, Having done what is wrong. Remember, God is greater than your heart. Amen? So don't turn to your heart. Turn to God. Look up to him and ask for forgiveness. Let your repentance be swift. Hallelujah. You know, Kenneth Copeland said something and really blessed me. One of his tips that I listened to. He said, in the kingdom of God, we repent forward. We repent what? forward because you see if you don't learn to repent you will slide backwards we repent forward that means when you notice anything that you have done wrong and your conscience grips you the first thing to do is to turn to god and repent and then step forward repentance always takes you forward amen condemnation takes you backwards See that? Now you repent forward. Now note what it says here. It says, my little children, let us love in word, neither in tongue. Let us not love in word, rather. Neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Praise God. In deed and in truth. That means they had not been walking in love. So they felt condemned. Amen. And then it says, even if your heart condemns you, it says, God is greater than your heart. Amen. Amen. Lift up your two hands and say, God, 
is greater than my heart. One more time, say, God is greater than my heart. Hallelujah. That means God is greater than your heart. So if your heart condemns you, turn to God who is greater. Hallelujah. And lay claim on 1 John 1 and verse 9. He says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you can lay claim on that and say, Lord, I confess this today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You remember John chapter 16. John 16 from verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go another way, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go unto my father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is already judged. Hallelujah. Now notice the Spirit of God is the one who convicts of sin. He convicts of sin. He does that with unbelievers. Amen. He convicts of sin. He does not condemn. Amen. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. Amen. If a feeling of condemnation comes to you having done wrong, know for sure that that is not from God. Amen. I said amen. The Holy Spirit never condemns. The Spirit of God always convicts. Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is bringing the awareness of the fact that you have done wrong and then showing you the way out of it. Condemnation is bringing the awareness of the fact that you have done wrong to you and then writing you off because of what you have done wrong. You see that? Making you feel less than nothing because of what you've done wrong. That's condemnation. And then in Romans 8 and verse 1, it says there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're in Christ Jesus here, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. Who shall lay any charge or anything against God's elect? It is God that justified. Who is he that condemns? Is it Christ that died? Amen. The Christ that died for us and was raised from the dead again, who is even at the right hand of God and who makes intercessions for us, is he the one that will condemn us now? You see, God does not condemn. God never condemns. Amen. I said amen. Who then condemns? All right, your spirit can bring that feeling to you and recoil when you do something wrong. Amen. And then when the spirit recoils that way, the enemy always seeks an opportunity to flow through that recoil and then bring the sense of condemnation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God never condemns. Say it again. Say, God never condemns. Look for someone else. Say, God never condemns. But God convicts. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of us got that? Praise God. Amen. 
so we can be led through our conscience as we keep that conscience tender. Repent as fast as you can. Amen. Don't wait until you get to church. I remember in the cycle I grew up um, in, um, we always repent on Sunday mornings. Hallelujah. Uh, The prayer goes this way. We give thanks first, and then we ask for forgiveness, and then we now receive, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it goes on and on like that. And much later, it began to uh, make stupidity to me, not sense. Because we gave thanks first, and God accepted our thanksgiving. And I will not ask for forgiveness thereafter, all right, so that we may receive the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> so, um, when I began to learn about God's word, I saw that that wasn't right. Amen. You don't ask for forgiveness when you come to church. Right there and then that you did nothing wrong, confess it to the Father. Amen. It could even be in a whisper. Just confess it to the Father right there and then. You don't carry over unconfessed, unrepentant sins. All right? To church on Sunday. So you say, well, when I come to church on Sunday... I will ask God for forgiveness. So let me keep piling them up until Sunday morning. Amen. Tell your neighbor that's not right. Tell another person that's not right. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now point number 20. Point number 20. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Point number 20. The third way God leads us is by the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, much earlier in this teaching, I said something about the difference between the voice of the recruited human spirit, that's your conscience, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The voice of your recruited human conscience, that's your your recruited human spirit, that's your conscience, is very suggestive. Amen. It's very suggestive. That means your spirit is picking up what the Holy Spirit has said in your spirit and then suggesting it to you. It comes in a very suggestive capacity. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. But the voice of the Holy Spirit is very authoritative. It comes in an authoritative manner. It's one of the spectacular ways God leads. Hallelujah. It's very spectacular. Sometimes it is as audible as one hearing the voice of another. In other words, as much as you are hearing me right now, you could hear the voice of the Spirit of God this much. It comes with so much power. Why? Because that's the voice of the Holy Spirit, not the voice of your own spirit. Amen. 
Mostly, God speaks to us by the authoritative voice of a spirit when, I want you to consider these conditions, when, condition number one, when there is a rough sailing ahead of you. In other words, something terrible is about to happen. It comes so strong so that you can escape it. Number two, when there is an emergency as touching the issue or person we have to deal with, there's an emergency. It comes to us when there's an emergency. Number three, when the circumstances surrounding his will for us are naturally not convincing enough for us to want to do what he will tell us to do. I come again. When the circumstances surrounding his will for us all right, are not uh, naturally convincing enough to want to do what he tells us to do. Or he will tell us to do. Praise God. Number four. This authoritative voice of the Spirit of God comes when there is a high level of intimacy. A high level of intimacy between God and the recipient of his guidance. High level of intimacy. Number five, it comes in the office or ministry of the prophet. The office or ministry of the prophet. Now, let me go over this again. I want you to get it. I said mostly, mostly. Let's all say mostly. Yeah. In other words, most of the time, God speaks to us by his authoritative voice. When, and then I cited those conditions. Praise God. Mostly. Mostly. You remember Samuel, who was um, in the temple, and he was with Eli, and began to learn to receive the word of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. Now, you see, God was calling Samuel, but he didn't know it. Why? Because that was his first time to hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. God was calling him, but he didn't know it. Now, the voice of God sounded to him as though the voice of Eli. That means it was that audible, as though Eli was back of him or some distance away from him, calling unto him. Praise God. That was the audible voice of God. It was that audible. Amen. And then the second time the Lord called, he went to Eli and said, you called me? He said, no, go back and lie down. 
And then the third time, Eli perceived that it was the Lord that was calling Samuel. And then he said to him, you go down, go back and lie down. When you hear that same voice again, say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm just trying to show you something here, that the voice of the Holy Spirit can be that audible and authoritative. Now, how many of you here can hear what I'm saying? Wave your hands. Shout hallelujah. It is possible to hear the voice of God disaudibly. It's possible. Amen. Very possible. I shared with you the other time how that I was moving from uh, PG Hall to academic area during my undergraduate days um, on OEU campus. And then I got to a point there, you know, um, at Morimi. All right, and um, a lady was about to um, throw away dirty water, hot and very dirty. I don't know the source of that water. Amen. But somehow, I was passing by under that story building, and then um, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Shadow, move! And I moved very quickly, and then... The water came down at the very spot where I moved from. Hallelujah. I would have had a bath. Praise God. You see that? It was very audible. As much as I'm hearing myself right now, it came. Praise God. The voice of the Spirit of God is that audible, is that authoritative. Amen. Acts of the Apostles chapter 8 and verse 29. The Bible says, The Spirit said unto Philip, the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. Go near and join thyself to the chariot. Now, listen to this. A chariot was passing by, and Philip had no business with the chariot. And naturally, naturally, by an inner witness, Philip would have been very reluctant to pick up the leading of the Holy Spirit to join himself to that chariot. Because it didn't make sense. It's just like um, a car is going or someone is, um, is moving on ahead of you and then you just feel within you to just join yourself with that person. First and foremost, you feel very reluctant to do so. True or false? Yeah. So God knew that he would be very reluctant if he had brought that instruction to him through another means, apart from the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. So God spoke to him. The Spirit of God spoke to Philip. Join yourself to that chariot. And he did just that. Glory to God. Amen. And the result was salvation. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So you see the condition there? The result was salvation. It was not that God always spoke to the disciples and the apostles through the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. Some of them heard the audible voice of the Spirit of God once, twice, some thrice, some four times. Amen. Alright? But you see, they heard the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit, the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. They did. But it was not a common place in their lives. Because that's not God's primary way of leading us. Hallelujah. 
What's that primary way of leading us? Through the inner witness. See that? That's always primary. That's always primary. Glory to God. See that? In Acts of the Apostles chapter 10 and verse 19, the Bible says, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. (laughs) He had a vision. He saw, you know, um, a white sheet, you know, come down from heaven and all sorts of um, unclean animals on that white sheet, and uh, on that sheet, rather, not white sheet. Praise God. And then he heard the voice of God say to him, Kill and eat. And then he said to the Lord, I have never partaken of any unclean thing before in my life. And then the Lord said to him, What I have made clean, call not unclean. Kill and eat. And then he woke up from that trance. He fell into a trance. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. While he was thinking on that, while he was meditating on that trance, that vision that he saw by the Lord, the Spirit of God said to him, Three men are looking for you. How many men? Three men. Three men seek thee. And then the Lord said to him, Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing. Alright, now those men that came looking for Peter were Gentiles, right? Yeah, from the house of Cornelius, Gentiles. So you see, naturally, by the inner witness, naturally by the inner witness, Peter wouldn't have gone with them. He would have been reluctant. He would say, Mm-mm, I feel like, but ah, I cannot company with Gentiles because it was a taboo for you to find any Jewish person in the midst of Gentiles. I remember when we traveled to the United Kingdom, they had their own I mean, uh, estate. Their estate is massive. And they dress in a particular way with coily hair, all right, and then beards coming down, all right, and their, their Jewish robe, all right, and they wouldn't greet any Gentile. They wouldn't even shake hands with any Gentile. Any, any daughter of theirs that chooses to marry a non Jew, all right, the daughter is counted as a dead person they will conduct the burial ceremony and forget her outrightly it was that strong then and it's still very strong now praise god so by the inner witness naturally there would have been a lot of reluctance with peter in following them but the Spirit of God said to him audibly, three men are looking for you, word of knowledge. He had not seen them at that time. Three men are looking for you. Follow them, asking nothing. No doubting, no asking questions. Just follow them. Hallelujah. You see that condition there? Fulfilled again. Naturally, he wouldn't have gone because the circumstances were not convincing and obvious to him to follow them. But the Spirit of God wanted him to follow them. So, he said to follow them. Hallelujah. 
See that? <clears throat> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, if you come to Acts of the Apostles chapter 16, the Bible says now, verse 6, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, they were forbidden. After they were come to Mishia, they essayed to, to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not, and they passing by Mishia came down to Troas. Amen. Now, you know, Jesus has told us to go into the whole world, right? And preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? Now, naturally, that's what we're going to go by. Naturally, that there is no place that is um, an abominable place where the gospel cannot be preached. So, we go into the whole world and preach the gospel. That's the natural conviction based on the authority of scriptures. But at that time, Asia had not been prepared to receive the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Spirit of God forbade them. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit from going into Asia. See that? Why? Because at that time, they were not ready for the gospel. If they had gone into Asia, they would have labored in vain. You see? So, if that had come by a feeling on the inside or a perception on the inside, amen, then they would have felt, no, that's not right. The word of God says, go into the whole world, preach the gospel. So there was an authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit that came to them, convincing enough to tell them that they did not need to go into Asia at that point in time. Of course, they went there much later, but at that time, Asia was not ready to receive the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. See that? How many of us can see that condition again there? You can see the pattern. Alright? If you can, wave your hands. Wave your hands. Alright. Praise God. Hallelujah. See that? Now, if you consider Philip's um, account again, you realize that... Um, he had to join himself to that chariot because it was urgent for him to join himself to that chariot. The Ethiopian eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch was ready to leave Jerusalem and then go back to Ethiopia. And he was leaving. He may not come back again. He may die. And the gospel would be wouldn't have gone to Africa or come to Africa. And so it was very urgent for Philip to join himself to that chariot. So the Holy Spirit spoke to him because it was a matter of urgency. Let's all say urgency. He heard the voice of the Spirit as a matter of urgency. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you something here about um, the ministry of a prophet. How that the audible voice comes to prophets. Amen? Not all prophets. Praise God. Most prophets. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 1. The words of 
Jeremiah the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anantoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th um, year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the kind away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Now look, note verse 4, please. Note verse 4. Can we read verse 4 together? One, two, three, let's go. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, See that? What came unto him? The word of the Lord. What did the word of God come doing? Saying. See that? The word of God came saying. That means that was the audible voice of the Spirit of God. It came to him saying. See that? The word of the Lord came unto him saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You see that? Prophet. Let's not say prophet. Say it again. Say prophet. Good. Then said I, Ha! Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me. See the word again. The Lord said unto me. Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. But not, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. As long as the mouth. See that? And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Let's on say prophecy. Say it again. Say prophecy. I have put my words in thy mouth. Oh, see, I have... This day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. You see that? Now let's read verses 11 and 12 together. One, two, three, let's go. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast seen well. For I will hasten my word to perform it. You see, he heard the voice of God and he saw the vision of God. See that? That's the office of a prophet. Another example is this. I told you, not all prophets. Most. And it it also has to do with intimacy with God. Alright? I stated those conditions there. Don't forget them. Numbers chapter 12, please. Verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Had he not spoken also by us? See that? And the Lord heard it. (laughs) Who heard it? The Lord. Verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Moses heard it too, but he did not respond because of his meekness. But the Lord heard it. 
And verse 4, And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye there unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they came, day three came out. Verse 5, And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam. See that? And they both came forth, and he said, now hear what the Lord said. He said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him. In what? A vision. And will speak unto him. In what? A dream. Let's all say intimacy. Verse 7. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak how? Mouth to mouth. Let's all say mouth to mouth. Say it again, say mouth to mouth. Even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall be, shall he behold. Wherefore then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now look up please. Miriam was a prophet. I'm a prophet or prophetess, you know. Praise God. Alright. Miriam was a prophetess. Um, Aaron was a prophet too. As much as Miriam. Praise God. Moses was a prophet too, but they were not on the same level. There are classes of prophets. Amen? They were not on the same level. And so God said, well, it's like you don't know your class. You don't know you don't know where you belong. Alright? Even if he's done something wrong, you should come and report him to me. Not to talk ill of him before other people. And because you have not honored him, he says, I'll put a line of demarcation by myself. Hallelujah. Now look at what happened in verse 9. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. You see that? Amen. Now, Aaron did not become leprous because he was a high priest, and God honored that office. God respects offices. How many of us know that? No, wave your hands. I said God respects offices. If you know that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. adventure, there is a stupid pastor. Let me put it that way. And a dishonorable pastor. And then you dishonor that pastor because he's stupid and dishonorable. Amen. God will not say because he's dishonorable or was dishonorable, you had every right under God to dishonor him. God will protect that office of a pastor. The pastoral office. Well, he will deal with him much later. Amen. But he will deal with you too. 
And you see, with God, something is, <laughs> he may deal with you in a, in a more terrible way than he would deal with that pastor. And that's why we have to, you see, um, Miriam was an Israelite, true or false. Miriam was a seed of Abraham, true or false. But Moses was on another level. Now the point here is this. Let's all say intimacy. Now because of intimacy that Moses had with God, God spoke to him how? Mouth to mouth. Let's all say mouth to mouth. Now to Aaron and to Miriam, he revealed himself unto them in a vision and in a dream. See that? But to Moses... He spoke to him mouth to mouth. Moses heard God audibly. Let's all say audibly. Yeah. That means he heard God's voice audibly. The authoritative voice of God. Audibly. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now come over to the New Testament. And you see what I'm saying, that you see, in the office of the prophet, there is this audible voice. Most prophets hear the audible voice. Amen? Yeah. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. You start the reading from verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidding of the Holy Ghost to preach, the word of God. Okay, no, that's not where we're going. Um, Acts of the Apostles 11. Sorry, beg your pardon. Acts of the Apostles 11, verse 28. Acts eleven twenty-eight, And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great death through all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Now, by whom did he signify? Talk to me. By whom did he signify? By the Spirit. Now, what, what does that mean? It means he spoke by the Holy Spirit. The audible voice of God came through him. All right? He heard it, and then he spoke by that same audible voice. Audible voice. Signifying by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Signifying by whom? By the Spirit. Now come over to Acts of the Apostles chapter 13. Acts 13. And verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon and Lucius was with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Who said? Talk to me. Who said? The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Alright? The Holy Ghost said. Now, it wasn't that the voice of the Spirit of God came, you know, just banging in their midst. 
someone verbalized, vocalized the voice of the Spirit of God. Well, I want to believe that one of the prophets said, Amen, you know, because we have um, precedence along that line, that in the prophetic, there is a speaking of the voice of the Spirit of God, as you hear. We've seen that in the life of Jeremiah. We saw it in the, in the life of um, uh, Moses. We saw it with um, Ag- uh, Agabus. Amen. Praise God. The Spirit of God said, I believe, through one of the prophets. Notice it was a company of prophets and teachers. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. See that? Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work of ministry whereunto I have called them amen i said amen Amen. so you see all the conditions let's go back to the conditions one more time what's the first one talk to me what's the first one when there's a rough ceiling ahead Amen. We hear that voice, that audible voice that way. Number two. All right. When there's an emergency as touching the issue of person we have to deal with. Number three. Amen. When the circumstances surrounding his will for us are not naturally convincing enough for us to want to do what he will tell us to do. Amen. Number four. When there's a high level of intimacy between God and the recipient of his guidance. See that? Number five. In the office of ministry of the prophet hallelujah i said hallelujah now what does this suggest to you that god does not always guide us by the audible voice of the holy spirit because if there are conditions all right under which god guides this way then it tells you That is not the normal, usual, primary way God guides us. Amen? So you see, don't always expect to hear that. The next point, please. Point number 21. Point number 21 is a scream. Is a shout. Amen. Do not seek voices. Amen. Shout it that way. Do not seek voices. Come on, shout it. Come on. Scare someone. (laughs) Look at someone, all right? You're not scaring the person. I just mean alert the person. That's what I meant. Amen. Now alert someone beside you. Come on, say, do not seek voices. No, no, no. That person didn't hear it. Look at another person. I want you to scream it out loud. All right? 
you know, maybe there is a, a demon trying to whisper to that person already. As you scream, that demon will run away. Alright? Shout it out loud. Do not seek voices. voices. Alright. So you see, write it this way. Do not seek voices, exclamation mark. Put it there. That's the next point. How many of us got that? (laughs) Amen. Let me scream it one more time. Do not seek voices. Yeah, don't. Now, why? We do not have the right to prescribe to the Lord the means through which his guidance must come to us. We do not have the right to prescribe to the Lord the means through which his guidance must come to us. That means, you see, we don't have to put God in a cubicle and box him up and say, if you don't speak to me through an audible voice, I will not believe that you are leading me. Do not seek voices. We do only have the right to be guided by Him. Every child of God has the right to be guided by God. As He deems it fit. As He deems it fit. If He chooses to guide you through the audible voice of the Holy Spirit, fine. If He chooses to guide you through your conscience, fine. If He chooses to guide you through visions and revelations, fine. But do not seek voices. Don't. Praise the Lord. Don't. Now, don't forget this. The primary way the word says we will be led is through the inner witness. Let's all say the inner witness. Yeah. Hence, we have a biblical right under God to be led by the inner witness. Inner witness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let someone say inner witness. However, when it comes to the spectacular means through which God guides, He holds the exclusive prerogative to lead us as He wills. God holds the exclusive prerogative to lead us as He wills. Amen? The most important thing is for us to be led. That's very important. Amen? To pick up what God is saying to us and follow it. To go by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's so important. It's not important to prescribe to God the means through which He must lead you. That's not for us to decide. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Come on, say it as you mean. Say amen. amen. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without signification. There are many voices in the world, right? Yeah. There are many voices, strange voices in the world. But none of them is without sig- signification. Praise the Lord. Alright? 
I remember one of the fellowship, um, our fellowship members in those days that I pastored. All right, was seeking out strange voices, so he went to the library and began to gather books. He saw one book on witchcraft. So he felt, well, he needed to feed his curiosity. So he began to study that book. And he got more interested and more interested and more interested. And then he picked up another book along that line. And so began to study again and again and again until he was caught up in that study. So at night, at about 12 midnight, he heard a strange voice. Stand up, go outside. So he stood up, he went outside. And then the voice said to him, keep looking into the sky. So he began to look into the sky. And then he said, what can you see? He began to see strange creatures in the sky. And then he began to commune with them. And then the strange voice said to him, what is it that you desire the most? He said he wanted a very sound mind that could remember anything. All right? And then that strange voice said to him, Look straight in the sky. There are creatures there. You can tell them whatever you want. They will respond to you. So he began to talk to them. All right? And then, surprisingly, the following day, he, he woke up and then um, he just began to know things supernaturally. So he began to read... And then he would read and his text wouldn't leave him. He began to memorize supernaturally and then he really loved it. Amen. He really, really loved it. So he was, he was a medical student. So he would go out there, study, and then he would be discussing with his friends. The following day, at about 12 midnight, that voice said to him again, Stand up. He stood up. Look into the sky. He looked into the sky, began to commune with those creatures there, telling them what he wanted. He enjoyed that experience, not knowing that he had contracted familiar spirits. And so he continued that way, so much that he got to a point that the spirit began to torment him. All right? So brethren gathered around him, and they began to pray, and began to pray, and began to pray. They couldn't get any um, headway, so they carried him and said, let's take him to pastor. So they brought him to me. As I was about to pray, I had a word of knowledge that he would not be delivered. I said, Lord, but what is this? The Lord said, his deliverance is based on his willingness to renounce those familiar spirits. He had been hearing strange voices and he loved to hear them because they were helping him academically. And now he could not gather himself together. He would look at people and would be saying different things. He was no longer coherent. And now under the torment of that strange spirit, and so he felt that he needed to get out of that tormenting part of it, but retain that other part of retentive memory. You see how the devil deceived people. 
Praise God. Amen. So I said, well, I wasn't going to pray. And then they said, why? I said, ask him. If he wants to be delivered, he would, he would say the truth. He would tell us. I asked him, do you still like those strange voices? He said, yes, on campus here. So I said, leave him alone. When he's fully tormented, all right, he will opt for deliverance. He will opt for help. Hallelujah. So we left him for two weeks. You know what happened? He will crawl on the floor and he will bite the dust of the earth and he will scrub his lips on a very rough concrete floor and his lips were bleeding profusely he was losing blood he wasn't eating regularly he began to lose weight and then he got to a time he was rushed to the hospital and they injected him to sleep he slept he woke up again to pick up that strange voice hallelujah and that's what medicine can do Amen. They can help you to at least sleep for some three, four, five, six hours. To wake up to pick up the same thing again. <laughs> Thank God for medicine. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when he was fully tormented, he cried out, Lord Jesus, I don't want this strange voice again. Alright? I don't want again. And all that, the demons started speaking and said, no, you must want. He said, no, I don't want. He said, you must want. <laughs> So it was a tussle. He started confessing the word of God. He started speaking God's word. I don't want any more. I don't want any more. So they brought him to church. We prayed a single prayer, simple prayer, and then that was it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But that brother lost his session. Yeah. Came back was not the same anymore, needed serious rehabilitation because the mind has been distorted by demons. Screaming out loud to your friend beside you, do not seek strange voices. Uh Amen. Let God lead you. The times that God led me through the audible voice of the Holy Spirit, I wasn't seeking it. I met another young man Who came to me, while he sat before me, alright, he was shaking this way, his eyes were red, and he was very apprehensive. He was not collated, he was not gathered at all. And then he began to say to me that the Lord spoke to him through an audible voice that he would be the greatest of all human beings on earth. Alright, and that nobody would be able to measure up to him. That God has set him above everybody. Alright? And you see, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you are looking for prominence and you don't want to go by, you want, don't want to go by it through the right way, demons can entice you. You are the greatest of all. You know, that's appealing, isn't it? So he began to hear strange voices. You are the greatest of all. You are the most important. Nobody is as important as you. 
there are only three apostles in our generation. Alright? That will lead the end time revival. And you are the leader of all of them. <laughs> people who truly know the Spirit of God are meek, are meek people. People who hear God mouth to mouth, who speak to God mouth to mouth, are meek people. Amen. And then he began to walk in self-delusion. And then he went about declaring that he was the greatest of all. Amen. Praise God. How many of us know Muhammad Ali? Uh Uh-huh. He's a vegetable now, right? Uh Uh-huh. The greatest of all. You see, you don't announce that you are the greatest of all. Let God himself lift you. Can someone say amen to that? The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due season, he will what? He will lift you. He will exalt you. If you begin to hear voices like, what you know, you are the only one that knows it in this generation and nobody else knows it. So it's a secret with you. God is keeping it with you. Alright? It's a lie. Amen. The young man went, was hospitalized. He's on drugs right now. Trying to keep up to shape. When he came back, I looked at him. I said, oh Lord God Almighty. He was torn apart. Amen. When you begin to hear voices like, leave your studies. Go to one bush. That is where life is. Uh, God does not speak that way. Can someone say amen to that? Leave everybody alone. Don't talk to anybody again for the next six months. Keep to yourself. Alright? That's not the spirit of God. So that takes us to the next point. Amen. Point number what now? 22. Prove every guidance you receive by the word and by the inner witness. Run away from every voice that talks about your prominence. Your prominence. How that you will be over people and sit over them. How that you are the only most important apostle under heaven. And how that you are out of the three most strategic apostles of the whole world. You are their leader. <laughs> you catch you. you. The devil is deceiving you. It's a lie. Prove every guidance you receive by the word of God and by the inner witness. Now, I will teach on this very briefly and then we we'll close here. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Let's all say prove all things. How many things must you prove? Talk to me. How many things? Talk to me. How many things? Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. 
I remember a young man, he's in Benin now, deceiving people. Yeah. He was on campus before. When the Lord said to come down to Ife, and I came down to Ife, one of the evenings, I went to sports center to pray after, you know, the office work. And as I was praying, he came to me, he said, the Lord said to him that I should go to Akure. <laughs> I said, what else did the Lord tell you to say to me? He said, that's all. I said, you're a liar. Amen. The Lord sent me to Ife. I was waiting upon the Lord two weeks. The Lord gave me an inner witness, gave me an inner voice. And then he spoke to me through his word as I was studying scriptures. All right. It's not true. You're a liar. So he never talked to me anymore. He began to give words to people. He would tell them, anyone who wants sweetness in his life, let him come with a bottle of honey. And they will pour honey on the ground. A student! And they will step on the honey and they will be praying on the honey. Ah, sweetness, sweetness, sweetness. <laughs> oh. Amen. He began to tell people visions. If you want to see visions of God clearly, begin to eat carrot. Amen. He said to another person, he said the reason the person has been facing all sorts of contentions and crises in his life, all right, is because his angel is very small. <laughs> So the person needs to pray for his angels to grow. So that the angel can grow up to measure up to the challenges, the crises, and the things that he's facing. Amen. But I said to him, I said, look, as long as I'm here, you will not thrive. I began to pray. I said, Lord, push him out of this land. And God pushed him out. Amen. He relocated to Benin. He's in Benin City now. Amen. Alright. They should pray there too that God should push him out of that place. Alright. If they can't pray, Lord have mercy. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. First John chapter 4. And verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Say with your mouth. Say, believe not every spirit. One more time, say, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God. You see that? Try them. Try them. Now, how do you try them? You try them to start with by the word of God. Let's all say, by the word of God. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. God cannot speak to you through an audible voice to divorce your wife and then run away. Leave your children behind. Don't talk to anybody. It's a sacred assignment that I'm giving you. Just keep going. Just keep going. Until I show you that place. Remember I told Abraham... But did Abraham leave his wife and his, um, his, wife and his siblings 
behind now praise God that's a strange voice let someone say a strange voice yeah I pray for you a strange voice you will not hear First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord by, but by the Holy Ghost. Now look up. Any spirit that does not substantiate who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and the fact that he's coming back to receive us is not of God. There are some spirits right now teaching young people that Jesus Christ is not coming back again. He has already come. You know that? That he has already come. There is no, there's no, you know, he's not coming back. Jesus has already come. But that's a lie of the devil. That's not the spirit of God. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now let me tell you something. The devil knows that Christians are getting enlightened in the word of God. And he knows that somehow he cannot really deceive some Christians on that level of God's word. Now let me give you an instance. If the devil suggests to you, alright, to divorce your wife, you know immediately is, I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. For the Lord hates divorce. And then he leaves. Now, if the devil suggests to you to stab someone to death, alright, instantly you know, no, nah, no, that's not. But some people don't have enough knowledge, they can do it. So, this is his gimmick now. <laughs> he comes to you suggesting the word of God to deceive you. Let me give you an instance. Acts of the Apostles chapter 16. Acts 16 and verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought our masters much gain by truth saying, The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which shall show unto us the way of salvation. True or false? That was true. That was true. But that was not of God. Now let me, let me say this to you. Write this down. It will help you. When I was preparing, the Lord said these things to me. You see, the things I'm sharing with you here, the Lord says them to me specifically. So, I want you to note them. Truth is not only in word, but also in spirit. Truth is not only in words, but also in spirit. Truth is not only in word, but also in spirit. That means truth is not just a statement that is made. 
But the spirit back of it, the inspiration and the motive that brought about that statement. Now what that lady who had the spirit of divination said was true. Paul and his crew members were servants of the Most High God that brought salvation to the people. But not what happened. Look at it. Verse 17. Verse 18 rather. This and this did she many days. But Paul being grieved. Let's all say grieved. You see he was grieved where? In his spirit. That means Paul was not comfortable with that statement. Not that the statement was not right. But the statement was polluted. It was a right statement that was demonized. The inspiration back of that statement was not of God. The motive was wrong. So Paul was grieved. Now watch it. Anytime there is grief in your spirit, when you are around people, I'm not talking about agitation in the flesh or you are not tolerant. That's not what I'm talking about. Deep down on the inside... Watch it. If you put the litmus paper of the written word and it scales through, alright? Put the litmus paper of inner witness. If it does not scale through, it's not of God. Did you hear that? If it goes through the litmus test of the written word, as in what the word of God says. The letter, so to speak. But it does not pass the test of the spirit of God's word. The inspiration, the motive, the drive. How do you know that you try it with your spirit? Inner witness. It's not of God. Let me give you another example. Scriptural example. Acts of the Apostles. Uh, sorry, John. Gospel according to say John chapter 12. Gospel according to St. John chapter 12. We'll start the reading from verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Verse 2. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Verse 3. Then took... Mary, a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with his hair. With her hair, rather. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Verse 4. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Verse 5. Why? was this ointment sold why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor now does that make sense naturally naturally does it make sense naturally oh the poor the poor ah we should sell this and give to the poor. And people say, yeah, see, see how he loves the poor. Is it good to bless the poor? 
Is it scriptural to bless the poor? Yeah. But note what the Bible says. Verse 6. Can we read verse 6 together? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Let's not say motives. Yeah. The Bible says God is the God of knowledge. By him actions are weighed. He was a thief. That means he actually wanted that oil sold so he could steal the money because he was a treasurer. So you see, truth is not just in the statement. Alright? Truth is in the spirit back of that statement. The motive. And you cannot hear motives. You can only discern them. Sometimes you hear people say, a guy comes to a lady and says, I, I, in fact, I can do anything for you. The way I am now, if you want me to die for you, I will die for you. Whereas, he knows what he wants. If he can scratch the bottom, and then he can feel the sweetness, he will take to his heel. The Bible talks about the word of God being the truth. And then the Bible also talks about the spirit of truth. Let's all say the truth and the spirit of truth make the truth good. There is no such thing as truth without the spirit of truth. We can go on and on and on how that people were deceived in scriptures because they just went by what was said they did not prove the spirit back of it now come over to matthew 4 let me show you this and then we close i just want to give you enough examples in scripture so that you understand what we're saying here matthew chapter 4 you have it if you have it say amen Now, note what happens here. Jesus was in the wilderness. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was really hungry. And then, verse 5, then the devil takes him up into the holy city. Okay, let's start from verse um, 2. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. If thou be the Son of God. Right? But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That was cheap. If you are the son of your father, all right? Run headlong into that trailer. <laughs> I rebuke that foul spirit in Jesus' name. And then he now comes on another level. Let's all say another level. <laughs> Look at it. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city. Listen. 
Notice Jesus was where physically? Where was Jesus? In the wilderness. Now how did he take him to that holy city? In his mind. Thoughts. Because if you read on, the Bible says he departed from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Not from the holy city. Amen. But he asked, okay, then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. He now adds something that will be appealing to Christians. The word. <laughs> you know, that will be appealing to Christians, right? He now added the word of God to it, to that temptation. Now look at what he said. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands, in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a sword. Is that in the word of God? Yeah. That's another level of temptation. So people can scale through the first one. Alright? When it comes to the second one, you have to be very discerning and sensitive to scale through it. Because this is scriptures here. Word. Amen. Now note what is, and Jesus said unto him, it is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See that? Now is it true that according to scriptures, if Jesus would go down, alright, he would be born by angels. He says, I have commanded my angels. He's given command to his angels. But you see, that was not God commanding him to come down from that top. Because God didn't take him there to start with. The devil did. That's why, put the word first, alright? And then inner witness must follow the word of God. And that's why, see, Christians who are lying and who are not walking straight, who are searing their conscience again and again with hot iron. They don't love their lives. You know what they are doing? They are blindfolding themselves not to see when the enemy will strike at them. Let someone shout hallelujah. You see that? see, we have to be very, very discerning. The inner witness. Let's all say the inner witness. Say it again. Say the inner witness. Say it again. Say the inner witness. Alexander Dowie, you know what finished him? One of the God's generals. All right? One of the generals of God. he heard a strange voice that he was the Elijah to come. And you see, when you yield to that strange voice, scriptures will begin to align. Anytime you read the Bible, you just be seeing scriptures along that line. That's the spirit of error. All the scriptures will just be going, going along that line, going along that line, going on until you get to the edge of a cliff. It will take God to catch you. 
Praise God. I met a young lady. I said, you have not been reading. And then she was shaking this way. She said, I have been praying all through. I have not, have, have not had time to read. I have just been praying all through. I knew she was in error. You see, there are some things you, you just, I just knew. I said, ah, as much as I love to see people pray, you have been praying all through and you are not reading anymore. <laughs> and say, God just wants me to be praying. He just wants me to be praying. This urge is just there to be praying. In fact, anytime I see those classes and people going there, I just hate them with a passion. What are these people doing here when souls are perishing? All right, and then I look, I say, ah, 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 ah. If there's hunger in your heart to pray, and then it cuts you off from other legitimate things to do, you don't want to talk to your wife anymore. You don't want, you, you are harsh to your children. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to read anymore as a student. And you are collecting money from home. You know what that means? Hello? There are some things you know this is outright what? Error! God says I should not walk home. I should not do anything with my hand. That people will serve me. So I should just be praying. You are in error. Huge one. Poverty will strike you. It will come upon you as an armed man. What kind of error is that? When I was on campus during my first degree, I was a prayer whiz. I prayed and I would be the first person front row. Sit down there. Before the lecturer is done with the next statement, I already know it. I know it. I use word of knowledge to pass exams. But now you give giving word of knowledge and you are failing in, an, in, in, in a superfluous manner. Alright? Check it. There's error somewhere. It's, it's not right. Was Jesus a balanced man? Uh-huh. Was Jesus lopsided? I don't talk to people. I only talk to God. I talk to God. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus talked to people. Where did you get that from? Amen. The Lord said, I should go and throw away my clothes. I should only wear a pair of clothes that is going to honor me with his glory. That that glory that Adam had in the beginning, he wasn't wearing clothes. <laughs> when you hear people talk that way, take to your heels. Don't listen to the rest of the story. <laughs> Amen? The Lord said, I should not drive any car. I should be trekking all through. That a time will come, he will carry me with his glory. The same way the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, he outran. He says, I'll be running by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so you run from, from Ether, you'll be running to Lagos regularly. If you have to go and preach, look at you. Look at you. 
Lord have mercy, amen. That's error. Now you, you are hearing, you said you are hearing the voice of God, but you can't sleep anymore. Your heart is pounding. And say, ah, the Lord woke me up. The Lord in fear. Ah. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. He can wake you up, the peace of God will be there. You wake up and you pray in peace. He will speak peace to his people. You see people, young men on campus, you see them going by the way of error. You know why? Because they would not allow God to satisfy their legitimate desire for the supernatural. Everybody's got that desire for the supernatural. Let God satisfy it. Can someone say amen to that? Glory to God. God still speaks through the audible voice. But don't seek voices. Let God decide using his own exclusive prerogative to tell you this is the means I want to lead you by. Don't seek strange voices. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? If you have been blessed, rise to your feet and shout hallelujah. If you have been blessed, rise to your feet and shout hallelujah. Amen. The counterfeit is always a look-alike of the original. True or false? Yeah. It's a look-alike of the original. You don't know the counterfeit until you have known the original. Many a times, you don't know the counterfeit by mere look, but by proving or testing it. Amen? You see, more, some, some counterfeits are more, more attractive than the original. Because they, they know that the container must be attractive. But the content is not original. So you have to use the word of God and use your spirit. Test it. Prove it. Does it glorify Jesus? Is he speaking of the word of God? Now let me ask you this question as we close. What if Paul had said to that lady with the spirit of divination? Yeah, 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 that's a witness there. That's a witness. Yeah, we are the servants of yeah, that's a witness there. That's a witness. Listen to her. You know, Paul would have diverted the attention of the people from Jesus to the spirit of divination. And that was what that devil was aiming at. Praise God. Amen. Lord have mercy. Amen. Be discerning. Lift up your two hands to God. Begin to yield yourself to Him. You will hear the voice of the true shepherd. The voice of a stranger I will not follow. 
Come on, begin to declare the voice of a stranger I will not follow. I will follow the voice of the Spirit of God. I will not hear the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger I will not follow. My sheep know me and they hear my voice. They follow my voice. I follow the voice of the true shepherd, the good shepherd.